Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. Glad you're up and at them early with us here on Monday at 6 o'clock as we bring you the very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning the search continues for the Waffle House shooting suspect, and the White House gets ready for President Trump's first official state visit. Details coming up in one minute. And with mental illness, the common thread from one crazed gunman to another, something has to change, and I'm about to tell you what it is. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 1025. The search continues this morning for the man suspected of killing four people at a Waffle House in Antioch, Tennessee, near Nashville. Police say 29-year-old Travis Reinking opened fire inside the Waffle House on Murfreesboro Pike near Summercrest Boulevard around 3.30 yesterday morning. Again, four people died. Four others were hurt. A customer in the restaurant is being hailed as a hero for stopping the accused gunman. James Shaw Jr. said he and a friend weren't even supposed to be at the Waffle House where the shooting happened after they spent a night out at a club. We actually went to the Bell Road Waffle House first, um, but it was pretty packed in there, um, like two or three times what was in the Murfreesboro uh, Murfreesboro Road Waffle House. Shaw said Ryan King shot through the door and the bullet grazed his arm. Then while Ryan King was reloading, Shaw hit him with the swivel door. The rifle jammed and the pair started scuffling. Shaw was able to grab the rifle and throw it over the counter before he got him out of the su- out of the restaurant altogether. Uh, Ryan King was reportedly wearing only a jacket at the time of the shooting and ran off nearly nude. I'll tell you, and he still hasn't been found. There are signs that this guy's got real mental problems. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about that as a common thread with so many of these people. But that 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 young man, James Shaw, how heroic. I mean, there's no telling how many more people might lie dead this morning. And this guy decided, and he said it. He said, Tom, he said, if he's going to get me, he's going to have to work for it. Yeah, And he, he just went for him with his life on the line and saved so many others. An really awesome brave. story there. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The White House is getting ready for the first official state visit of the Trump administration. French President Emmanuel Macron and his wife will be honored with a state dinner tomorrow night. Before the black tie event, Presidents Trump and Macron will hold private talks and a joint news conference. France and Great Britain took part in the recent U.S.-led airstrikes in Syria. The strikes were a response to deadly chemical weapons attacks there. The new royal baby could be born today. The Duchess of Cambridge was admitted to a London hospital in the early stages of labor this morning, according to Kensington Palace. The former Kate Middleton and Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, arrived at St. Mary's Hospital in London by car. This is the royal couple's third baby and grandmother Queen Elizabeth II's sixth great-grandchild, and it will become fifth in line to the throne. Governor Rick Scott is traveling to Puerto Rico today. This visit comes at the invitation of the island's lieutenant governor. Scott will meet with emergency management officials, federal officials, and Puerto Rican leaders The governor will also visit American Red Cross volunteers there to thank them for their efforts. Finally, graduates of Stoneman Douglas High School in South Florida are doing their part to help their alma mater rebuild. There was a 5K fundraiser for the Broward County School yesterday at the Memory Mall on the UCF campus. A 2013 alum tells the Orlando Sentinel that the money raised from the event will help Stoneman Douglas High heal physically and emotionally. 
ParklandTalk.com reports some UCF students also helped raise money for the school this weekend. Uh, for the, or sorry, also helped Stoneman Douglas High raise money for the Children's Miracle Network this weekend through a dance marathon. WFLA News Time now, 6.05. You can read about the free mid-flight snack that cost a woman a $500 fine at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Hey, good morning to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Tom Alexander in for Deb was grabbing a long weekend here. Yaffe's our producer. Our screener is Steph. And if you want to weigh in on the hot topic of the moment... Join the conversation. That's what the 50,000-watt front porch, as I call the show, is all about. You, the smartest audience in talk radio, being heard with your insights and opinions on the hot topics of the day. 407-916-5400 is the number. And the text line, never busy, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. A nice quiet weekend. Linda's about two weeks now post-op from a first of two knee replacements, so we're not going anywhere. But, boy, i got to tell you, it was a wild weekend. Terrible Saturday and most of Sunday. We had a monsoon at our place around dinner time on Saturday. I almost got caught on it. I said to my wife, I'm going out to go bike ride around the neighborhood, get the kinks out. She said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. My smartphone just lit up and told me it's going to start pouring in 10 minutes. And boy, just about on the minute, it did. <laughs> it was like a tropical storm, Yaffe. It was unbelievable. Yeah, probably not a good idea to ride your bike in that, you know. It was close. We don't, we, we don't need the bun man, you know, blowing away in the wind on his bike. <laughs> it would take a stiff like, wind to do it. But I got to tell you, I mean, it was a close call. It was crazy. What a weekend. At any rate, we need to focus on what's going on. We're going to keep an eye on that guy up near Nashville. And, uh, and and the Waffle House killer has not yet been found for dead there. Here on Friday, that was the day of the National Student Walkout, which really, I think, by it, it, it's being underreported that it was largely a fizzle. But up in Ocala, before that happened on Friday morning, we had a guy who might have become the next mass killer, and he admitted to something, as you are about to hear, that triggered my thinking on what we needed to be talking about big time this morning. Is it time to reestablish mental institutions for the severely mentally ill in this country to get them away, lock them up away from us, and, and to render them unable to harm themselves as well. The answer to that question, I believe, is an emphatic yes. Later on, you'll hear the president with an emphatic plea for exactly that. Nobody seems to want to do it, but if you want to end the mass killings, that perhaps is the most productive step you could take in that direction. Up in Ocala, you're about to hear a guy who could have been a mass killer shot one student when he entered with a, um, uh, with a weapon on Friday, but he says, well, what do you hear what he says? It's just unbelievable. He admits to having mental problems. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. And uh, we'll have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you as well. Coming up here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. First things first, I have to comment on this. We had the big national 
school walkout. Supposedly nearly 300 schools were going to participate in this around the country. It was a big gun control movement post-Parkland school massacre. Um, pegged to the 19th anniversary of the original school massacre, Columbine, out in Colorado. It looks to me like it's a fizzle. I saw very little coverage of this on the anti-Trump, pro-gun control media over the weekend. On TV, or in print, or on the radio, almost no mention of this massive school walkout. One article I saw by a local television station here on their website, and here was the headline. Students at two Central Florida schools held a walkout Friday to demand an end to school violence. And then they write this. Dozens of Lake Brantley High School students, dozens, carried signs as they walked out of class 10.30 a.m. Friday, held a rally in a nearby park. There's got to be a couple of thousand students at Lake Brantley. And the headline is, dozens of them walked out? And then it says in the tagline, Lake Nona High School students also held a walkout Friday. I think most schools, they didn't do it. Here in Florida, they're in the middle of testing season. The schools were by and large not endorsing it, not prohibiting it, promising not to punish students who did walk out and engage in whatever activities they wanted to uh, with the end in mind of ending school violence. But basically the whole thing has been promoted and hijacked by the anti-gun left here. And the fact that you didn't see much coverage of it is because that doesn't fit their narrative. The whole young America wants gun confiscation and gun control. Yaffe, they largely ignored it because the doggone thing fizzled. That's the way I see it. I was on the hunt for this stuff all weekend, saw very little. Well, I was going to say, you said two schools? I mean, how many schools are around here? A lot more than two. Yes, and Lake Brantley is a huge high school. My daughter went there. I I think you're right. Dozens walked out. Big fizzle. And the media purposely... Suppressed reporting that. Very interesting, but not at all surprising, is it? 7 o'clock hour, we're going to have a big-time conversation, and I know this is going to be controversial, but President Trump was a voice crying in the wilderness a few months ago, but I've got him on tape, calling for reestablishing mental institutions to lock up the severely mentally ill for their sake and for the sake of the rest of us in what's supposed to be a safe and civilized society. The common thread in one of these kids after another, and they're not all kids, is some level of mental illness. We used to institutionalize people like that, and they weren't a danger to us. Well, all of that ended. We need to go back to what we had until the 1960s. But for the first time ever that I'm aware of, a young man who could have been a mass killer at Forest High up in Ocala has admitted he's mentally ill. You will hear that in a moment. Stay tuned. We'll have that. Don't go away because it's coming right up. Lots of evidence surfacing that the still-at-large Waffle House killer up in the Nashville, Tennessee area had mental illness big time. Of course, we know Nicholas Cruz 
clearly severely mentally ill, allowed to walk among us for years until he slaughtered 17 at the school he once attended, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County, Parkland, Florida, back in February. And we see this in one after another. But I cannot remember a shooter admitting to mental illness. Well, that's no longer true. This is really a stunner when you think about it. On Friday, up at Forest High School in Ocala in Marion County, a a 19-year-old who used to attend that school by the name of Scott Boucher walked into Forest High and fired around from his sawed-off shotgun that wounded a student in the foot. He was subsequently, over the weekend, interviewed in jail by a reporter for WESH 2 News here in Orlando. And, Scott, why did you do this? To let people know that there's something wrong with me. Just to really, really scare them. I want to be put away, or I can't hurt anybody. Wow, Yaffe, play that again. Listen closely to what he is saying. He is admitting to be mentally ill, and he's using a gun to call enough attention that he gets arrested and taken out of circulation before he kills more people, I think is the clear implication here. To let people know that there's something wrong with me. Just to really, really scare them. I want to be put away, or I can't hurt anybody. And he ought to be put away, but I don't know that he will be. He could have he could have massacred people in that school. I mean, this is his cry for help. How mentally deranged do you have to be to do that? He knows how sick he is. He wants to be out of circulation. But it doesn't happen. It needs to happen. It used to happen in this country. There is a small percentage of people who are severely mentally ill and are a danger to themselves and to the rest of us. Once upon a time, we locked them away in psychiatric hospitals, a.k.a. mental institutions. I remember that. The practice ended in the 60s at the hands of the left powered by the ACLU. And now... We mainstream these people in society, but a percentage of them are not suited for that. And we live with the mayhem, with the the carnage that results. And it is time to end this insanity. Don't tell me that the way to stop these mass killings, and that's what this could have become at Forest High in Ocala, okay? If he didn't want to be put away, he just would have opened up and taken out as many people as he could. It almost happened. Well, you need to separate the mentally ill from guns, bud man. You're never going to be able to do it, my friend. They will always get the guns. The bad guys, the sick guys, they will always get the guns. The solution here, as difficult as it is, we once had in this country. You don't separate these people from guns. It's never going to happen. It's never going to work. It will never be airtight. You separate these people from society. Now, I know it's difficult to determine just who deserves that radical 
approach and who does not. But are we supposed to just live with this in our society? Well, Budman, you can't just deprive people of their liberty without due process through the criminal justice system. What about all the people who are deprived not only of liberty, but of life and the pursuit of happiness guaranteed to us by the founders in the Declaration of Independence because they are shot dead by one of these mentally ill sickos? That's what we're talking about together in our 7 o'clock hour. Well, my dreams of a flawless Monday show have been shattered in the first half hour. Forgive me, I have given you the wrong first name of the Ocala School shooter, not Scott Boucher, Sky Boucher. Now let's focus on the Waffle House mass killer and the search for same up in Tennessee. Tom Alexander in on the latest now. Uh, What's the story there? Well, Bud, investigators in Tennessee are still searching for the man who they say opened fire at a Waffle House near Nashville Sunday morning. The suspect, Travis Reinking, is now on the state's 10 most wanted list. Investigators say he showed up to the restaurant wearing only a jacket and started shooting. Four people died, four others were injured. Waffle House CEO and President Walt Amer apologized to the victims and their families. He also praised and thanked James Shaw Jr., the customer who disarmed Reinking. You don't get to meet too many heroes in life, Mr. Shaw, but you are a hero. You're my hero. You save people's lives, and I talked to some of those people you saved, and they will think of you for the rest of their days. Again, Ryan King is still on the loose this morning. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All options are open to Iran if the U.S. pulls out of the Iran nuclear deal. That's what the country's foreign minister, Mohammad Javad Zarif, told CBS's Face the Nation. Zarif added Iran has several options if the U.S. pulls out, and those options aren't pleasant. He explained if Iran sees diminishing benefits, there would be no reason for the country to remain in the deal itself. Zarif said since President Donald Trump has been in office, he hasn't lived up to the U.S.'s end of the bargain. Here in Florida, the 19-year-old man accused of opening fire at Forest High School in Ocala Friday says he did it to, quote, let people know there's something wrong with me, end quote. In a jailhouse interview, Sky Boucher said sickness drove him to take a gun to his old school and open fire. He says he's been treated for his mental health before, but wants more serious attention paid to his problems. He said he didn't plan to kill anyone. Instead, he wants to be put somewhere where he can't hurt anyone. A 17-year-old student was wounded in the shooting, but is expected to be okay. Marion County deputies are expected to be in all schools in the county today for extra security. Finally, prices at the gas pump in Florida are now the highest in more than three years. Alan Spector has the details. According to AAA, today's statewide average for a gallon of regular is $2.74, up 11 cents from a week ago. The Auto Club says high oil prices are to blame for the price increase, along with dwindling inventory and strong demand. The most expensive gas in Florida is found in the West Palm Beach Boca Raton area, where the average is $2.87 a gallon. The least expensive is in Jacksonville, Orlando, and Punta Gorda, all averaging $2.69. Alan Spector, News Radio 1025, WFLA. WFLA News Time Now, 6.36. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025, WFLA. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander in for Deb, who's extending her weekend another day. 
I saw gas this morning on 1792 in Maitland for 265 a gallon down four cents. That's about the best I can find. Let's bring in Gina Cervetti, who traverses New Jersey to get to the Bloomberg newsroom in New York City for the daily Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, how about a gas price report out of the Garden State? You know what? I saw 275 this morning, Bud, and that struck me as pretty high compared to what we've we've seen here and what we were getting used to for a while. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the stock market performance on Friday, what the futures are saying to you today on a day when we're going to have some very important data coming down the pike, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a busy week on that uh, report as well on those reports. But let me start with the futures right now. They look a little better than they did earlier this morning, Bud, but they're still slipping here just a little bit. Right now, the Dow futures down about 19 points. We've got crude just above $68 a barrel. Investors are still assessing the global outlook for trade and growth. We do have existing home sales data to watch for today. That's for the month of March. And some big companies reporting their earnings include Kimberly Clark, Alaska Air, Halliburton, Alpha and Whirlpool just heard from the big toy maker Hasbro looks like they missed estimates in the latest quarter uh, last week we had the market down about one percent on Friday for all of last week a little bit of a gain up four tenths percent the Bloomberg Orlando index down about three quarters of a percent Friday for all of last week the local index up almost one percent so doing better than the broader market over the past five sessions yeah Walmart now is making a little bit of news this morning Gina they're about to seal a deal in India, halfway around the world. What's up? Well, e-commerce is, of course, where it's at these days, bud. And now Walmart is close to finalizing an agreement to buy a majority stake in a company called Flipkart. That's India's leading e-commerce company. The price tag here, about $12 billion, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Walmart will likely end up with 60 to 80 percent of Flipkart in a deal that would give the U.S.-based retailer a substantial foothold in an emerging market of 1.3 billion people. Gina, I remember well when you brought us the shocking news of the bankruptcy of longtime gunmaker Remington. You have an update on that from Bloomberg this morning. What do you know? Yes, Remington Outdoor has only been in bankruptcy for a month, but the creditors are already planning an out. The U.S. firearms company will likely go up for sale directly after its bankruptcy, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Remington is a collection of 13 brands that include a 200-year-old rifle maker, ammunition maker, silencer companies, and traditional firearms manufacturers. And while private equity firms and hedge funds may typically be expected to zoom in here to pick over the pieces of a bankrupt entity, Remington is more likely to go to a competing gun company that would not face the same risks to its reputation as a financial firm would, as some companies have been distancing themselves from firearms. Very interesting. We'll see how the Remington drama plays out. Before you go, insurance companies now have put a price, finally, on the risk of distracted driving, which takes Mm -hmm. so many forms, and we talk about it a lot here on Good Morning Orlando. Well, last year, a ticket for using a mobile phone behind the wheel, Bud, added $226 to the average insurance policy, an increase of 16%. Now, that's for an annual rate on a policy. And this is according to a firm called The Zebra, which helps consumers weigh insurance rates. Now, that's up from just $23 over the course of two years. But it's not as much as the penalty is for driving too slowly, which adds $345 a year to a policy or passing a school bus, which costs an extra $386. But still not peanuts when it comes to 
$226 more added to your insurance policy. No one likes to see their auto insurance going up. We'd rather see it going down. Pay attention when you're driving. Do nothing other than pay attention to the road. That would be the message there. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report live from New York City. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, Gina. Thanks, bud. You too. All right. Good deal. Coming up here, we're hopping on the Trump train together. How the um, big vote today in the United States Senate on Secretary of State nominee Mike Pompeo could well make some very disturbing history and a stunning poll on evangelicals and their support of President Trump even post-stormy. How do you think he's doing with evangelicals? You'll be, I think, surprised. To the Trump train we go, all aboard, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. 645 and all aboard for the Trump train. Couple of items here on this Monday morning. Trump derangement syndrome running rampant in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Today they are going to vote on Trump's nominee to succeed Rex Tillerson, who was dismissed as Secretary of State. He is Mike Pompeo, the current CIA director. He is engaged in no disqualifying personal conduct. No ethical questions are hanging over his head. He is eminently qualified for this job. He single-handedly over the... Easter weekend went to North Korea and got with dictator Kim Jong-un and set the ball rolling for what is the expected summit meeting this week with South Korea and North Korea and to follow, I believe, a summit meeting with Kim Jong-un and President Donald Trump on the issue of denuclearization. Huge, enormous potential game-changer there. A lot of work still to be done, but this is what Pompeo has done. Today, they will vote on his nomination in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Not the whole Senate, but the committee. There has never been an instance where a Secretary of State nominee has failed to get approval in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Sometimes unanimous, sometimes not. But across party lines, they've given the green light to the president's pick, all the way back to the beginning of public votes being held in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for Secretary of State, the most important cabinet post and the absolute most important diplomatic post. Okay? Never been a case of anybody being voted down by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Unless something changes today, that history will be made, and they will vote against Mike Pompeo for no doggone good reason other than they hate President Trump, and they want to mess with him. Now, McConnell says he'll bring the nomination of Pompeo to the floor of the Senate, and I do believe he will be confirmed there. This is just nothing but just nasty outrageous, indefensible, partisan politics, and and it is Trump derangement syndrome on display right there for you in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Also, I told you that I thought 
President Trump's undoing if it is to happen, and I hope and pray it doesn't, I'm still on the Trump train, that the women would have probably something to do with it. Well, it's very, very interesting. As I told you, I thought conservative Christians, evangelical Christians for the most part, would be so turned off by the Stormy Daniels thing and the allegations of the other women all denied by the president that when it came to the midterms and beyond, if, if they didn't vote for, uh, for the other party or in 2020 for somebody else for president, that they would sit out the election and essentially that would hurt the Republicans and hurt Trump because they just weren't going to be able to stomach this and their conscience wouldn't allow them to continue supporting Trump. Boy, am I eating crow on this one. In a moment, I will give you the latest polling on support for Trump by evangelicals. What do you think the percentage approval is in this poll? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply there. If you want to talk about what they're doing to the Trump nominee in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, we can do that. And take a pick on what kind, what's, what's the number of support now by evangelicals for Trump, even with all of this out there with Stormy Daniels, the other women, and all of this, okay? 407-916-5400 is really, really interesting. And good morning to you, and let's welcome aboard Jim on the 50,000-watt front porch from Port Orange. Jim, go ahead. Hi, bud. Love the show. Uh, I got a suggestion for the president. Why doesn't he pull the same stunt that Obama did? And name Mike Pompeo as the czar of the State Department. You don't need the uh, Congress's approval if you just hire a guy and call him a czar and oh. let him run the whole show. So have have no Secretary of State, and there would be nothing that would require but the that, Senate Foreign Relations Committee to even be involved in it. Now you're telling me Obama did that? I don't I don't know what's going on. What it sounds. What, is he on the track at Daytona? What was that? that sounds Did I hear like tires screeching? It? What was yes, that? I have no idea. I hope he's all right. I did, Pay I didn't attention hear, to the road. I didn't hear any <laughs> crunching metal there. No. Anyway, I don't. Did Did Obama? Am I missing something, Yaffe? Did he announce that somebody have, was? I'd have to research it. I'm not sure exactly what that. he's talking about. No. Anyway, okay. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, um, this poll. I I told you I didn't think the evangelicals. You know, I, I thought they might be a problem for Trump, that their support might break away, and that they didn't vote against him or vote against the, uh, the Republicans in the midterms, that they might just sit it out, which essentially is a vote for the opposition. New poll out by the Public Religion Research Institute shows support for President Trump among white evangelicals has hit a record high of 75%, Yaffe, only 22% viewing the president unfavorably. So it looks like, at least for now, the Budman is wrong. The conservative Christian evangelical vote is holding for Trump. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, there's two main reasons why this is happening. The first reason is Trump's policies are what evangelicals like. A lot of them might be uncomfortable with some of his personal life, but when it comes to being president and his policies, it's hard not to support him. The other reason is the Democrats have gone so far left to the point where Cory Booker is asking Mike Pompeo about his stance on gay marriage right? as he's trying to be Secretary of State. Asked him four times in a hearing. Yeah. So, I mean, if the Democrats are going to continue to do stuff like that, 
of course evangelicals are going to support Trump. They're not going to support the Democrats. And to your other point, Tucker Carlson on Fox put it in a very memorable way. Um, After eight years of Christians having their religious freedoms under assault during the Obama regime, we are looking now in Trump for a bodyguard, not a saint. And I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of that going on. I, I, I agree completely, actually. <laughs> it's a actually, great line by Tucker. Wish I'd thought of it. Doggone it. Can't think of all the good ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we do our best. Big controversy, big time issue. And I've been thinking about it all weekend. And I really want to get into it with you and see whether or not you agree with me that this country needs to go back 50 years and bring back mental institutions to remove the dangerous gun-toting sickos from our society. How much more evidence do we need incident after incident? We've seen it this weekend and on more than one occasion. Stay tuned. We need to talk about this, and I will love your input. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Deb's off for a long weekend. Tom Alexander bringing us the news at the top of the hour. Stay tuned for that as he talks about the search continuing in uh, Middle Tennessee for the Waffle House shooting suspect who killed four and clearly has mental issues. And Mike Pompeo facing a very tight vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to become Trump's Secretary of State, as we've been telling you. Tom's got more, and it is all ahead at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Time check now for you. Monday morning at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. As dawn breaks on a beautiful Monday morning, we greet you here at 7 o'clock with our latest check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning the search continues for the Waffle House shooting suspect, and Mike Pompeo faces a tight vote in the Senate to become Secretary of State. Details coming up in one minute. With so many of these mass shooters having mental illness issues, I say it is time to bring back mental institutions. The president wants it. Do you? We'll talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. Law enforcement agents in Tennessee continue to search for the man accused of killing four people at a Waffle House restaurant yesterday morning. Investigators say the suspect, Travis Reinking, has a history with law enforcement. Metro Nashville Police Spokesman Don Aaron says Travis Reinking talked with law enforcement officials on being in a restrictive area near the White House. Reinking was later interviewed by Tazewell County, Illinois authorities and the FBI. His Illinois firearms authorization was revoked. Again, four people died. Four others were hurt in the shooting early Sunday morning. A customer in the restaurant was able to get the gun away from Ryan King when he stopped to reload. Ryan King then got away. That was heroic. Probably saved a lot of lives. Sure. This guy they're looking for, Ryan King here, um, you know, there are those who've had contact with him, believe that he is one of those with very severe mental illness. And that's kind of the focus of where we're taking off after the news here, talking about bringing back mental institutions. What else is going on, uh, Tom? Well, Bud, the news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Mike Pompeo could face a tight vote in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee today. In fact, he could become the first Secretary of State nominee to be rejected by the committee. Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton said the Democrats' opposition to Pompeo is 100% driven by politics. 
Democrats, especially on the Foreign Relations Committee, are, are really engaged in shameful political behavior. Fifteen of them voted for Mike Pompeo last, last year to be the director of the CIA. Not a single one of them, to my knowledge, has said that he's done a bad job. On CBS's Face the Nation, Cotton added the Secretary of State conducts diplomacy on behalf of the president. Most of the Democrats, according to Cotton, don't have a problem with Pompeo himself. They're still struggling to get over the election of Donald Trump in 2016 or the elections they face this fall and are afraid of scaring the moveon.org or Code Pink crowds. The full Senate will vote on Pompeo's confirmation later this week. Here in Florida, five people are hurt after what officials are calling a disturbance at a juvenile detention center. It happened yesterday afternoon at the Orange Regional Juvenile Detention Center in South Orlando. Of the five people hurt, two were taken to the hospital. There are no details on their injuries yet. There's no word on what started the fight or whether any guards were involved. And finally, Brevard County is taking steps to avoid a repeat of what happened after Hurricane Irma. The county's utility services department is proposing building a new and larger wastewater treatment plant near Indian Harbor Beach. The push for the new plant came after sewage discharged into the Indian River Lagoon last year after Irma. Utility Services Director Jim Helmer recently told Florida Today if this new plant had been there then, there would have been no sewer discharges. WFLA News Time Now, 7.06. You can read about Southwest Airlines canceling more than 40 flights for engine inspections at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. From the front gate realty studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Ken Alexander bringing us the news here as Deb grabs a Monday off to extend her weekend. Yaffe in the control room producing, and Steph is our screener. I want to save as much time as I can to get into my call for the reestablishment of mental institutions, psychiatric hospital for the hospitals for the severely mentally ill, to lock them away so that they cannot be a danger to us, as so many prove to be, or to themselves. President Trump has called for this. I remember hearing him say it. We found the sound. Why is this not getting more traction, this call, when we see one time after another these mass killers or would-be mass killers clearly are severely mentally ill, and allowed to walk among us. This is insanity. This needs to end. We're talking about it here in a moment. Right now, though, immediately you need to stay tuned for your shot at winning a share of $880,000 in cash in our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen now for the new keyword of the hour, then text that word to 200-200, and you can win our next $1,000 winner, just like one recently up in Volusia County. An update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. One time after another, these mass killers or would-be mass killers, are shown to have serious mental illness problems of long standing. We used to institutionalize people like this so they couldn't be of harm to themselves or to the rest of us. We used to have mental institutions in this country, psychiatric hospitals where you locked these people away. You treated them. If you could make them well enough again, you let them out in society. If not, they spent the rest of their life there. There were horrible abuses indefensible abuses, but the system seemed to make society safer than it is now. I think it's pretty undeniable. I mean, 
And now, now we're seeing the, the unfound Waffle House killer, four dead, up in the Nashville, Tennessee area, this Travis Reinking. There's all kinds of evidence that this guy had mental illness. Law enforcement believed it to be true, but he was never institutionalized because we don't do that anymore. We get them treated on an outpatient basis, and it's just, you know, they're out there among us because it's just the right thing to do. We don't want to be cruel. We don't want to be inhumane. We don't want to deny people their liberty. But, of course, when they go kill people, then those people who are dead are denied not only their liberty but their life and their pursuit of happiness, you know? It's all over. I mean, this guy was not only hanging around the White House claiming he had a meeting with President Trump, up in Illinois, where he lived until recently, the Waffle House killer in Tennessee had clear mental illness issues. He was hanging around a CVS parking lot. Um, he said Taylor Swift, the entertainer, was stalking him, hacking his phone, that his family was involved. I mean, he went to a local hospital for an evaluation, uh, but then, of course, he was back out among us. Uh, last June, up in Illinois, he jumped into the water at a community pool wearing a pink women's coat over his underwear. Investigators thought he had an AR-15 rifle in his car trunk, but it was never displayed and no charges were ever filed. Then this past Friday, we could have had a mass shooting at Forest High up in Ocala. Um, the shooter shot a student in the foot with a sawed-off shotgun then admitted to West 2 News that he did it because he knew he was mentally ill and it was a cry for help to be taken out of circulation. Listen. To let people know that there's something wrong with me. Just to really, really scare them. I want to be put away or I can't hurt anybody. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's Sky Boucher, all right? And he knows he could have killed many, many more if he chose to. And who knows, on another day, maybe he would have chosen to. And then, of course, you know, the, the Parkland Massacre Nicholas Cruz, mental illness year after year after year. Recently, under the new red flag law passed by the Florida legislature, um, they uh, took this kid very temporarily uh, out of circulation, a UCF student named Velasquez, Chris Velasquez, I believe it was, something like that. Uh, he had, had issued direct threats that he could be pushed over the edge anytime and go, you know, institute a mass shooting at a couple of local schools that he had attended. I mean, this just keeps on going time after time after time. I think we need a return to mental institutions. I will make the case in further detail here in a moment. But here is President Trump on the same side of this issue as the Bud Man, calling for reestablishing mental institutions in this country like we used to have to remove people from society who are a danger to others and or themselves. The president made these comments at the White House very shortly after the school massacre in Broward County, at the hands of the teenager, Nicholas Cruz, who'd shown signs of severe mental illness and violent behavior for years, but had been allowed to walk among us. So we have to confront the issue, and we have to discuss mental health, and we have to do something about it. You know, in the old days, we had mental institutions. You had a lot of them. And you could nab somebody like this because, you know, they did. They knew he was something was off. You had to know that. People were calling all over the place. But... You used to be able to bring him into a mental institution, and hopefully he gets help or whatever, but he's off the streets. You can't arrest him, I guess, because he hasn't done anything, but you know he's like a boiler ready to explode, right? So he's, he just, you have to do something. But you can't put him in jail, I guess, because he hasn't done anything. But in the old days, you'd put him into a mental institution. 
President Trump back in February, what other president had the guts to say what needs to be said there? The left keeps on blaming guns for school shootings while mostly ignoring the big elephant in the room that is mental illness. Up until the 1960s, great piece on this a few years back in, um, in townhall.com, the severely mentally ill were locked up in psychiatric hospitals for their own good and for the protection of society. The ACLU and the left changed all that by successfully suing to get them released out onto the streets. So now, here they are walking among us to make up a large part of the homeless population. People with serious mental illnesses, three to four times more likely, stats show, to be violent than others. How do we tolerate this in our society? We need to return to the concept of psychiatric hospitals, mental institutions, for the most severely mentally ill and violence-prone among us. And we should demand that in this society. Why do we just accept that now and then we're going to have one of these mass killings? And the left says, well, what you need to do is keep the guns away from these people. Most of them say keep the guns away from everybody. Confiscate the guns. Overturn the Second Amendment. But that's another story. But you're never going to separate these people from the guns. The bad guys are always going to get the guns. These nut jobs are not going to conform to the laws. They will have the guns. This doesn't work. How many more of these mass killings or close calls do we have to have before we say this doesn't work? And try what I believe history has shown us does work. There's a small percentage of people who cannot be in the general population, and they need to be institutionalized in mental hospitals and psychiatric hospitals for their safety and ours. You want to end the mass killings? This won't do it, but it is a bold step in that direction that we need to have the courage in this society to take. That's how I see it. How do you see it? 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Reestablishing mental institutions, psychiatric hospitals to lock away the severely mentally ill among us. It's the way we used to do it. Now it's not considered politically and politically correct. It's um It's cruel. It's inhumane. We need to rehabilitate these people, mainstream them, and allow them to be a part of society. But there's a small percentage of the severely mentally ill that we cannot allow to walk among us. And how many times do we have to have mental illness as part of the story of one of these mass killers or would-be mass killers in a close-call scenario before we say, enough, enough. I agree with the president. He didn't get much traction on that comment about, we need, the, we need these institutions. We need to reestablish them. And I think we do. People say, well, we can't afford that. Well, what kind of a cost are we willing to bear with these innocent people being slaughtered all over the place? And mental illness a common thread. You know, I mean, we should not tolerate this in our society. They say, well, in a free society, that's the price every once in a while this is going to happen. Or 
Get the guns away from them. Separate the guns from these people. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm into real solutions to real problems. And I think this is something that needs to be done in this country. And I'm going to be bold enough, along with the president, to talk about it with you and see what you think. Yaffe? Yeah, you're not the only one who has called for this. You know, President Trump, as you said, called for it. There's other people that have been calling for this for a while. And I think it would help prevent some of these mass shootings. And also, it would help some of the homeless problem. Because a lot of these homeless are mentally ill, unfortunately. And a lot of times they're just set out in public and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And you just have a homeless problem. I'm going to the phones here in a second. Let's check that text line. Yaffe folks are weighing in on this. Uh, Yes, bud. One person says that uh, the texter says, you are 100% right, bud. We need to open mental institutions. We have to realize that there are people who are ill and cannot take care of themselves says, I worked 37 and a half years in the state of New York caring for these patients, and they closed them because they were not making money on these poor souls. Well, part of it was was, was driven by the left in the ACLU, you know, that, that ultimately forced the closings and costs were an issue as, as well. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We should not have to accept this level of mass violence and the frequency with which It is at the hands of somebody severely mentally ill who is allowed to walk among us. Really? Enough. Carlos, you're on with a Bud Man. Do you agree or disagree with me? I agree with you, Bud Man. Talk to me. Well, I think um, from, from the beginning when you have a child and it's giving you signs of mental problems, that the record should go with that person until they die. That's one way to stop this. Another is there's always going to be um, shooters. There's always going to be somebody who wants to do that, like the Vega shooter. He had no mental record. But I say if you're a child, you got mental records, problems, he should go with you all the way to your adult. Thank you. I appreciate it. And listen, I understand how controversial this is. Okay, and I understand how many abuses there were in our mental institution system. That is one reason why they were closed down back in the 60s. They need to be run well and in a humane way. But the idea that we just have to accept these mass killings, and so many of them, the common thread is mental illness. We don't have to accept that. We need to take a bold step here. And I've outlined it for you. Now, are we as a society going to have the courage to do that? That's the unanswered question, isn't it? The big national story we're keeping an eye on right now at a Waffle House up in Tennessee. A man killed four people and has disappeared. A man with, among other things, a history of mental problems. Tom in for Deb with the very latest. What do you have? Well, Bud, it has been more than 24 hours now since that shooting, and the search continues for the man authorities say shot and killed four people at a Waffle House near Nashville. Police say they believe 29-year-old Travis Reinking is the gunman who opened fire early yesterday. Four other people were injured, but Metro Nashville police say the actions of one man undoubtedly saved lives. 29-year-old James Shaw Jr. was eating in the Waffle House with a friend when the shots rang out. He hit the gunman with a door while he was having trouble with the weapon. 
causing Ryan King to drop the assault-style rifle. Shaw then grabbed the gun and threw it behind the counter and uh, got Ryan King out of the restaurant. He then took off. Unbelievable. And he didn't have any clothes on, I think, when he took off. Yeah, he was wearing only a jacket. They said he was nearly nude when he took off running. Unbelievable. That that young man, Shaw, showed extraordinary courage. He says he doesn't consider himself a hero. He's the only one who feels that way. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) He's the real deal, isn't he? He certainly is. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Bud, ever lose your wallet? Oh, yeah, a couple of times. That's one of the most frustrating things you could possibly do, right? Oh, yeah, it sends me into a total panic. Not that I have a whole lot of money, but, you know, all the identification, the cards, it's a nightmare if you can't find the darn thing. Yeah, it sure is. At what point after you misplace, you can't find it, do you stop looking for it and just consider it lost? Never. (laughs) Never. Well, that's good because... A wallet lost in 1972 has been found. It was found in a pool locker room in Washington State. A work crew was updating the public pool facility. When they found the leather wallet, it was tucked behind the boys' lockers in the changing room. Inside, there were some family pictures and a Boy Scouts card identifying the owner. He still lived in the town where they found this wallet. Or no, I'm sorry, they're trying to find him. He lived there as a kid. The wallet's been missing for 46 years. Amazing. I hope they do. I can't wait for the update. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we've all dealt with that kind of annoying, watery first squirt from a bottle of ketchup, right? When you just go to and just get that, that red sort You want of just a little. You keep on and it all sort of... Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. Well, if you're not a fan of that, a solution could be coming very soon. A Kickstarter campaign to make sliced ketchup a reality has reached its goal and then some. A company named Slice of Sauce started the crowdfunding campaign. They're calling it a hassle-free, all-natural alternative to traditional ketchup. The slices are individually flavor-packed and preservative-free. And they can be uh, easily stashed in a pick- for picnics or in a glove compartment. They require no refrigeration. And they resemble a thin sheet of uh, like dried fruit, almost like a fruit roll-up of ketchup that you would put i don't know does that work for you the idea uh-uh. of, of a slice of ketchup no you know isn't it interesting I, I think i don't know about you but to me i have expectations about how certain food not only is supposed to taste but how it's supposed to look sure texture and look and that's all part of it well that's why uh the ketchup maker Heinz, when they had purple ketchup and green ketchup it didn't work out years so ago well. no. yeah it didn't work because no. people just couldn't get used to you know, looking at a different color of ketchup. It's supposed to be red. Right, right. That's crazy. I don't want it looking like a, like a, I don't know, a slice of bologna on my. <laughs> yeah, and that, I've seen a picture of it, and that is sort of what it looks like. Gee whiz, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a reality whether we want it or not. It raised more than $27,000, and its original goal was only 15000 So it's uh, expected to hit the internet and specialty grocery stores in June. It'll be less messy. Yes. Less chance you'll get a ketchup stain on your shirt eating a burger. That's true. So maybe that's the appeal. But you know, they've almost solved that problem. One of the great product innovations of my lifetime is moving from the ketchup bottle that you had to pound on until you had, you know, a whole mountain of ketchup all of a sudden came out at once, you know. And and now they have the plastic ketchup bottles that are upside down uh-huh. and a gentle squeeze. Occasionally you get that, you know, when you get too much. But what an improvement that is. Don't you think? <laughs> I agree. It's the little things that we take for <laughs> granted, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway, 
Okay, enough on the ketchup. Anything else? All right, we've got uh, we've got one more. A man in Colorado may want to think again before he goes outdoors. He now holds the unique distinction of being bitten by three dangerous creatures in less than four years. Dylan McWilliams was bitten by a shark in Hawaii last week. He's now been bitten by a bear, a rattlesnake, and that shark. He uh, told the Honolulu Star Advertiser he's either really lucky or really unlucky. Man, I wouldn't go out of the house. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. (laughs) There's Um, a message there that's coming at you from somewhere. Nature's trying to tell you something. (laughs) Listen up. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander with the news. Top and bottom of the hour in for Deb this morning. Stay tuned as we roll on for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Politically, I'm no fan, particularly of Jeb Bush. But I I think wherever you are... On the Bushes, you have to admit, they are one tight, loving family. And that is just as genuine as it can be, and always, in my perception, has been that way. And so it was that Jeb Bush, the former governor here of the state of Florida and failed presidential candidate from 2016, got up at the church before 1,500 guests at Barbara Bush's funeral on Saturday and I thought, did a marvelous job of capturing who Barbara Bush was, what she meant to him, to other members of the vast Bush family, and her place in American history. Barbara Bush died on her own terms last Tuesday at age 92, repeated hospital visits. She says, I'm not going to accept any extraordinary medical treatment from here on out, and very soon She was gone to glory. She'll never be forgotten, and I think Jeb Bush deserves a lot of credit for the eulogy that he gave. And here are excerpts from it. As I stand here today to share a few words about my mom, I feel her looming presence behind me. And I know exactly what she's thinking right now. Jeb, keep it short. Don't drag this out. People have already heard enough remarks already. And most of all, don't get weepy. Barbara Bush filled our lives with laughter and joy, and in the case of her family, she was our teacher and role model on how to live a life of purpose and meaning. You see, our mom was our first and most important teacher. Sit up, look people in the eye, please say please and thank you, do your homework, quit whining and stop complaining, eat your broccoli, Yes, Dad, she said that. (laughs) The little things we learned became habits, and they led to bigger things like be kind, always tell the truth, never disparage anyone, serve others, treat everyone as you would want to be treated, and love your God with your heart and soul. What a blessing to have a teacher like that 24-7. Now, to be clear, her students weren't perfect. That's an understatement. Mom got us through our difficult times with consistent, take-it-to-the-bank, unconditional, but tough love. She called her style a benevolent dictatorship, but honestly, it wasn't always benevolent. (laughs) When our children got a little older, they would spend more time visiting their Gampy and Ganny. All it would take would be one, one week, and when they came home, all of a sudden, They were pitching in around the house. They didn't fight as much. 
and they were actually nice to be with. I attribute this to the unbridled fear of the Ganey Lecture and the habit-forming effects of better behavior taking hold. Even in her 90s, mom could strike fear into her grandchildren, nephews, nieces, and her children if someone didn't behave. There were no safe spaces or microaggressions allowed with Barbara Pierce Bush. <laughs> we learned to strive to be genuine and authentic by the best role model in the world. Her authentic plastic pearls, her not culling her hair. By the way, she was beautiful till the day she died. <laughs> Finally, our family has had a front row seat for the most amazing love story. My dad is a phenomenal letter writer and he would write mom on their wedding anniversaries, which totaled an amazing 73 years. Here's one of them written on January 6, 1994. Will you marry me? Oops, I forgot we did that 49 years ago. <laughs> I was very happy on that day in 1945, but I'm even happier today. You have given me joy that few men know. You have made our boys into men by bawling them out and then, right away, by loving them. You've helped Darrell be the sweetest, greatest daughter in the whole wide world. I've climbed perhaps the highest mountain in the world, but even that cannot hold a candle to being Barbara's husband. Mom used to tell me, now George, don't walk ahead. Little did she know I was only trying to keep up, keep up with Barbara Pierce from Rye, New York. I love you. I hope you can see why we think our mom and our dad are teachers and models for our entire family and for many others. Finally, the last time I was with her, um, I asked her about dying. Was she ready to go? Was she sad? Without missing a beat, she said, Jeb, I believe in Jesus and he is my savior. I don't want to leave your dad, but I know I'll be in a beautiful place. What a eulogy by Jeb Bush for his mom, Barbara. Would that we all would go out with our kids speaking of us in such genuinely glowing terms. God rest her soul, Barbara Bush, referred by another speaker as the first lady for the greatest generation. And so she was. Rush is coming up next, and an update as well for you in just a moment here in two minutes, as a matter of fact, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on the Monday edition of Good Morning Orlando here on News Radio 1025 WFLA and AM 540. Next hour is the best hour of the show for my money because we turn it over to the smartest audience in talk radio. It's Open Mind Monday. Sound off on the topic of your choice, whether we've talked about it or not. I've been calling for reestablishing mental institutions to lock away the dangerous gun-toting sickos among us. It is time we took this step. 407-916-5400, agree or disagree, I will listen to what you have to say on that or any other topic, and I will keep an open mind, which is why I named this hour years ago Open Mind Monday. Join the conversation, 407-916-5400. Text me, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply, and um, we'll hear from you. The search continuing for that Waffle House killer up in the Tennessee area still has not been found after killing four, and a local carjacking victim kills his attacker. Good morning, Orlando, on a Monday at 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando, and good Monday morning to you here at 8 o'clock. You've joined us just in time for the very latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. We have it for you right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning 
The search continues for the Waffle House shooting suspect, and a local carjacking victim kills his attacker. Details coming up in one minute. It's Open Mind Monday for the next hour, and I want to know what's on your mind. You're next on Good Morning Orlando. 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. The search is still on for the suspect in yesterday morning's deadly shooting spree at a Waffle House in Tennessee. Police say Travis Reinking walked into the restaurant in Antioch near Nashville and opened fire. Four people died. Four others were injured. A man in the restaurant wrestled the gun away from Reinking. That man, James Shaw Jr., being called a hero for his quick thinking. He says as the suspect was reloading, he tried to stop him. I hit him with the swivel door, and then the gun was kind of jammed up and it was pushed down, so we were scuffling. I managed to get him with one hand on the gun, and then I grabbed it from him, and I threw it over the countertop. Law enforcement officials say Shaw saved a lot of lives with his quick thinking. Travis Reinking, again, still on the loose right now. What a story, and what a hero that guy is, and how come they can't find this man? He's got, like, no clothes or anything? Yeah, he, he ran away naked, the they said, and, and I don't. And it's yeah. been over 24 hours now. Still haven't found him. Got a history of mental problems. Here we go again. We see it so often. We certainly do. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Trump administration wants North Korea to dismantle its nuclear weapons programs before the U.S. grants any sanctions relief. The Wall Street Journal quotes a senior administration official saying President Donald Trump won't make substantial concessions unless North Korea gets rid of its nuclear program entirely. Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are gearing up for a meeting sometime soon. Here in Florida, funeral services will be held tomorrow for two Gilchrist County Sheriff's deputies killed in the line of duty. Alan Spector has the details. A public viewing in Trenton for Sergeant Noel Ramirez and Deputy Taylor Lindsay will be followed by an 11 a.m. service at Bell Middle High School. Burial and graveside honors are scheduled for 2.30 at Bronson Cemetery on Northeast State Road 24. Ramirez and Lindsay were shot and killed at a Chinese restaurant in Trenton last Thursday by a gunman who then took his own life. There is no apparent motive for the shooting, which remains under investigation. Alan Spector, News Radio 1025, WFLA. The gunman was 59 year old John Hynote, and the cops are now saying they may never know why he just executed those two cops at that Chinese restaurant in the small town of, uh, of Trenton, west of Gainesville. Yeah, and he, he was killed outside the restaurant, right? The gunman? He, he took his he own died, life, yeah. they believe, yeah. Right, so, yeah. and there, there was no, they haven't found a note or anything yet, so they have, yeah, they really have no idea right now. Still it's, a mystery and yeah. a terrible tragedy. It's awful. A carjacking suspect is dead after the victim apparently took matters into his own hands. Orange County deputies say the would-be victim shot a man who was trying to carjack him early yesterday morning near the mall at Millennia. The carjacking suspect was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. No arrests have been announced, but the investigation continues. Finally, the royal baby watches on. The Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, could give birth any time now. She's preparing to deliver her third child at London's St. Mary's Hospital. Kate and Prince William's soon-to-be newborn will join four-year-old Prince George and two-year-old Princess Charlotte in the royal family. WFLA News Time Now, 8.07. You can read about the postal worker who hoarded up to 17,000 deliveries because he was, quote, overwhelmed at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. 
Good morning to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Deb's grabbing an extra day off to enjoy a longer weekend. She'll be back with us tomorrow. Thanks to Tom Alexander for bringing us the news. Yaffe in the control room, tying it all together as our executive producer. And for Open Mind Monday, taking your calls, Steph at 407-916-5400 or text us at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. Tell me what's on your mind. I'll chum the waters a little bit here. That school walkout, national school walkout for gun control or whatever on uh, on Friday, looks to me like it was a giant fizzle across the country. I didn't see much coverage, you know, with the anti-gun media. You would have thought they would have been all over it. There's one report I saw of only two schools in Orange County where they had any kids walk out. What happened here? And do you agree with me? The common thread with one of these mass killings or would-be mass killings, close calls or whatever, is that the gunman had some kind of a history of mental illness. We used to institutionalize these people. I'm calling for that to happen again. The president is as well. Psychiatric hospitals, we lock these people up who are a danger to themselves and to society. Why do we let them walk among us? Why do we accept the carnage as a result? And... We can talk about whatever you want to talk about on Open Mind Monday, and I'll listen to whatever you got. So you are the host of the show for the duration of your call on the one and only Open Mind Monday. Don't miss the chance. Great opportunity for first-time callers, because I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to listen to you. 407-916-5400, whether we agree or disagree. We'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which we will do right after we give you your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in our amazing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen now for the new key word of the hour, then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner. Had one recently up in Volusia County. And, of course, then the update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. So, Stay with us if you can here. It's all happening for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good Monday morning. We are so glad you're with us. Let's get to Open Mind Monday right now with whatever's on your mind, local, national, sound off. You got an opinion. You agree with me. You don't agree with me. You want to take off on a totally different tangent. It's your show. 407-916-5400 is my number. And I want to encourage first-time callers because, you know, you're not going to get into a debate on the issues with the Bud Man here, which you may not yet feel equipped to do, although you might surprise yourself. You just get to lay it out there, and I'll listen. And if you're getting on my case, I'll take it. I'll keep an open mind. That's the promise. That's why I call it Open Mind Monday. You can text me at 23680, never busy. Standard message and data rates apply there. First on the Open Mind Monday line this morning was Bob from Longwood. You've been real patient. What's on your mind, Bob? Thank you, bud. Yeah, um, I never had no kids, and, you know, I live in Seminole County, and I'm a taxpayer for the, you know, I pay for the schools. And, I can't, you know, I just don't like to see these kids walking out on my taxpayers' money. Because uh, they have to get, learn an education, and the teachers, they teach. And, and you know... They shouldn't be walking out. If they want to do that, they could do it like you said last week. Let them do it on the weekend on their own time. Yeah, really. Let, let's see how committed they are to gun control or whatever they want to do in the wake of um, these school shootings here. Uh, and, 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 and by doing it on their own precious weekend time. But it looks like this national school walkout Friday, you know, which is really hijacked by the left and driven by the left in a, in, a, in a gun control agenda, it looks to me like it's a fizzle. I've seen very little coverage of it. 
I saw one report in the media locally that said there were two schools that had a walkout here on Friday. I thought they were all having a walkout for the whole day. They said dozens of kids from Lake Brantley High School walked out at 1030 in the morning, and there was a walkout of students at Lake Nona High School. Dozens at Lake Brantley? That doesn't even register on the scope. I think they got a couple of thousand kids go there. I think the thing was a big bust, Bob, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so, too, you know. And there's one other thing I just want to say, you know. Where is the parents of this shooter up in Gainesville? They always uh, they say the kid, he's, uh, you know, he's got a mental issues. Where is the parents? Now, are you talking about the, the kid who went into um, Forest High in Ocala on Friday morning with a sawed-off shotgun, shot a kid in the foot, and now they did a jail interview with him, West 2 News, and I played it earlier. Maybe I'll play it here in a moment, where he said that he did it so that somebody would take him out of circulation because he knew there was something wrong with him. Where's the parents? The parents, I mean, if that was my kid, I would know something's disturbing this kid or something's wrong. He needs help. I don't understand where the parents are nowadays. Neither I do I like in this case and in so many others as well, Bob. Great point you raise. You want to react to that, 407-916-5400. Bernie wants to talk about Barbara Bush. Bob wants to talk about why they don't seem to be covering the school walkout. Bertha just hopped on the line. Goodness knows what happens when she gets revved up. And Yaffe is monitoring the text line. Open mind Monday. Let's get rolling on this now. 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680. Knowing standard message and data rates apply there. Got a couple of callers on Open Mind Monday relating to um, the Saturday funeral for former First Lady Barbara Bush. Bernie, I'm coming to you in a moment, but let me bring on Bertha first of all from Volusia County. Bertha, good morning from DeLand. Good morning, Bud. How are you? Doing very well and better and when you're with us. I'm feeling better. I'm doing fine. The voice seems well, to be I back. Hope she gets better. Am I sounding I better? Say, yeah, I good. Linda's Barbara doing fine. Bush in 1994. She was outside the David Letterman show and she was eating a hot dog off the street vendor. She has always been my role model, and I teased her about eating a hot dog. And she said, oh, it tastes real good, girl, tastes real good. And I just want to say, I didn't know they called her the enforcer, because they called me the warden in the neighborhood. I found that out 20, 30 years later. Yeah, you got a little Barbara Bush in you. There's no oh, doubt yeah, about it. My kids strict with a lot of love, just like she did. And, and they turned out fine. They're all in their 50s. <laughs> so <laughs> you can be strict, and you have to give a lot of love. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. She's a beautiful person. She's always been my role model. Did you hear the um, excerpts from Jeb's uh, eulogy that I played in the last hour? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wasn't that great? It, it's just beautiful. You know, parents need to understand. You know, some parents want to be their children's friend. I told my kids, I want to be your friend, but I'm your mother first. And if we can be friend and mother, fine. Yeah. You know, I, I, I raised my kids very strict. And the neighborhood kids told me after they got adults, that's what they called you, the warden in the neighborhood. I said, good. I earned it. <laughs> You're awesome, boy, Bertha. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Here is Bernie in Orlando. Good morning, Bernie. What's on your mind? That was a great call, by the way. Um, <laughs> Usually is with Bertha. <laughs> right. Um, I got this is This is something you can't, you can't make stuff up sometimes. Um, the other day, middle of last week, I was talking with somebody, and this woman said to me, how'd they get a, that woman's picture up so quickly? She just died. And I said, she said, Betty Ford. And I said, Betty Ford? What? She said, well, you know, that white woman. 
I'm serious. I, I, I can't make, I couldn't imagine anybody would say that. They were talking about Barbara Bush. Apparently there was a picture And thought it was Betty Ford? This woman. This, woman, this woman thought it was Betty Ford. I have no idea how that could be in any, anybody's common sense. I, 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 I'll tell you one thing. I will bet you she doesn't listen to Good Morning Orlando because this is the home of the smartest audience in talk radio, and she would yeah, not quite cut it there, would she? <laughs> not quite. Anyway, a longtime conservative. You know, appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. Thank you, Bernie, very much. On the text line, an open mind Monday. Yaffe, what do you got? Yes, Bud, where you were mentioning earlier about the fact that you want to bring back a lot of the mental institutions. I think we need to do it. I, yes. think, I think we need to do that. I mean, there are a certain small percentage of people who are violent, mentally ill, and they need to be away from us in an institution like they once were. Yeah, one texter... Um, I don't know if he disagrees with you, but just bringing up a point says uh, who determines who is severely mentally ill. Yep. What happens when a bunch of progressives are in control of things at that point? Are Second Amendment supporters severely mentally ill? You know, who determines this? That That's a very, very interesting and legitimate point. And also, we need to have, you know, much better care than some of these mental institutions that were just horrendous. Um, so many of them. I mean, but but is that any reason not to take a bold step like this or to try to? Do we just need to live with this game of societal Russian roulette that we don't know whether they're going to be somewhere in the wrong place at the wrong time and taken out by a mass killer with mental problems? I mean, do we have to live with that, Yaffe, for the rest of our lives here in America and for the future? No, I don't think we should. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Open Mind Monday. It's what you think, not yeah, what I think. Uh, broke your own rule there, bud. Stifle yourself, bud <laughs> man. Stifle yourself. <sighs> Daphne's on the line from Claremont. We'll find out what uh, Daphne has to say, but I haven't heard from you yet. There's nothing like Open Mind Monday. Th- th- this is not like what Rush does on Fridays. Open Line Friday. This is the Bud Man keeping an open mind for whatever you have to say for a solid hour. So join the conversation and sound off. 407-916-5400. You'll feel better. In a moment, we're all going to get a little smarter because we're going to be informed of what's going on by Tom Alexander bringing us the news this morning as Deb is off for a three-day weekend. Uh, Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty. Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. In Tom's news, the search continues for the Waffle House killer up in Tennessee. Where is this guy? And the world's oldest person dies. You know, these people, they get to 115 or so, and they just drop like flies. We have the latest here, even older than that. Coming right up, and good morning to you at 830. The hunt continues for another one of these mass killers with a history of mental problems. The story unfolding up in Tennessee. Tom, what do you have on this or at this hour? Well, Bud, we recently got an update from Metro Nashville Police as Tennessee authorities continue hunting for the man they say shot and killed four people at a Waffle House outside Nashville yesterday. Police believe 29-year-old Travis Reinking is the gunman. Police say, said early this morning there have been no credible sightings of him after an overnight search by local, state, and federal authorities. Uh, public schools in the metro Nashville area are in lockout mode as the search continues. That means guests and visitors will not be allowed inside uh, school buildings. A customer in the restaurant at the time of the shooting, James Shaw Jr., is being called a hero. Police say he hit the gunman with a door while he was having trouble with the rifle. When he dropped the gun, Shaw picked it up and threw it over the counter. 
and then uh, took the struggle outside. Unimaginable how many lives he might have saved. And we're told that this guy may be armed still, right, even though he doesn't have the AR-15. Right, that's right. Police say they uh, they confiscated all but two of the weapons that he had. The two of the weapons are unaccounted for. Mm. They're not sure where those are. That makes this even more frightening. Absolutely. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A little good news from across the pond this morning. Prince William and his wife Kate are the parents of a new baby boy. Circle boy, if you had that in the pool. The Duchess of Cambridge delivered the 8-pound, 7-ounce prince this morning in London. Kensington Palace reports Prince William was present for the baby's birth. The newest royal heir joins 4-year-old Prince George and 2-year-old Princess Charlotte. He is fifth in line to the British throne. He's got no shot at being king, right? Too far down in the depth chart. It seems that way, right? <laughs> barely gonna made, the, he's going to have to red shirt this year, I think. Barely made the traveling squad. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? Well, a new study on rats suggests artificial sweeteners could lead to health problems like diabetes. Researchers at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Marquette University gave the rats sugar and the artificial sweetener. The rats showed changes in their metabolism that could lead to an increased risk of diabetes. Artificial sweeteners also appeared to contribute to obesity. So those diet sodas may not be so diet after all. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you, you get on that stuff to avoid the sugar, mm-hmm. and it causes more problems than the sugar. It can, according to the research. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the world's oldest person is dead at age 117. Nabi Tajima was born in 1900 on the Japanese island of Kikaijima. It's also where she passed away over the weekend. Guinness World Records had been working to certify her as the oldest person on the planet after 117-year-old Violet Brown of Jamaica died last year. Tajima is believed to have been the last known person born in the 19th century. Wow, that's an interesting milestone as time marches on, huh? It certainly is. Yeah. It certainly is. And if you've got a spare $6 million bucks laying around, you can buy Dorothy's ruby red shoes from The Wizard of Oz. The collector who's had the iconic slippers for 18 years is putting them up for sale. The sequin-covered slippers were, of course, worn by Judy Garland in right. the 1939 movie. Moments in Time dealer Gary Zemet says the shoes are, quote, the holy grail of movie memorabilia. There are a number of other pairs of ruby slippers that were used as props in the film. One of them is at the Smithsonian. Wow. Click your heels together three times and say there's no place like home. <laughs> that's pretty good, bud. That's yeah, no, pretty good. Bad. You may have a future in this radio thing. Well, I, I don't know. You never know. This talk thing may not work out. I've only been doing it for 15 years. The jury is still out. All right, Tom, thank you. Thank you, bud. Jeff will be back tomorrow. Tom bringing us the news here this morning. Um, hey, listen, we've got uh, some Open Mind Monday callers. Uh, the mental health issue is out there. Uh, a few other things. We'll check the text line again. Join the conversation Later in this half hour, your chance to go to Disney on Ice on us with your kids and and win the fabulous, much-coveted, tough-to-get Trump board game. We're playing sound judgment before we go off the air, but do not call now on that. We're still doing Open Mind Monday, okay? Last segment for calls and texts on Open Mind Monday. To Claremont we go in beautiful Lake County to bring in Daphne. Daphne, thanks for your patience. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Let me just have my last sip of PG tips, my British tea. Congratulations to the birds. Yes, absolutely. The royal baby has been born. The royal baby is here, yes. It's a great celebration. very, very outraged what is happening with our police officers. Every night I pray for my president, and now the police are on my prayer list. 
And I agree with my president about locking these mental people away. My question is, I asked many times, where are the parents of these children? I'm a single parent, and I'm the boss of my house, and my son would not mm. go in his room and lock his door. If he's on the phone, two, three, I said, what are you on the phone? What are you talking about? I got involved with his life. Listen, I understand that, Daphne. I'm sure you're an awesome parent, but you it's Open Mind Monday. You need to answer your own question. Where are the parents? Where are the parents, yes. where are the parents? And what is the answer? You answer. Where are they? Yes. Where are they? You have to answer it. It's Open Mind Monday. Oh, okay. Where are they? Okay. Where are they? And where do they get the guns? That's what I don't understand. Okay. Thank you. I agree. I don't think she has the answer is the point. Okay. Well, they're absent or they're not engaged. Yeah. You know? Kids don't get to choose their parents. Sometimes you get dealt a bad hand. Uh, Text line, Yaffe, while we're hearing from you there, buddy, what's coming in? Well, uh, speaking of the school walkouts, put that in quotation marks because it wasn't much of a walkout last week. Uh, one person says, I like the idea of having school walkouts on Saturday or at 6 a.m. so they don't interfere with school. Yeah, when the kids don't want That's that. That's what I was about to say. How many kids do you think would show up on a Saturday or at 6 a.m. for a walkout? It would be a proof <laughs> of whatever their commitment might be, right? <laughs> right. All right, here's our old buddy Joe in Orlando on Open Mind Monday. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, yeah, I think uh, one of the reasons for the mass shootings is uh, tyranny, okay? Um, most of the people in the area are unarmed because of government tyranny. Um, it's too difficult and annoying to get a license, so people just give up their Second Amendment rights. Uh, and I think expanding tyranny is not the solution. I think uh, getting rid of it is the solution. If 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 all the people were armed during these mass shootings, maybe one or two people would get killed, and one of them would be the shooter. Yeah, and I tend to agree with that, Joe. I do. Thank you. Here is Ben in Claremont. What's on your mind? Quickly, Ben. But I heard the guy asking who would decide who was mentally ill or not. Right. And I believe it's common sense. We're all born with it. But the ACLU has destroyed common sense through the government. Well, the ACLU and the rest of the left um, uh, drove the movement that ended mental institutions in this country in the 1960s. And I see we're seeing the ruin and the carnage that results from that because too many of these mass shooters or would-be mass shooters that just get caught in a close call scenario have a long-standing history of mental illness and yet are allowed to walk among us. This is insanity. We should not accept that in this society, in my view. Uh-oh, it's not my opinion, it's yours. Do you agree with me on that? I couldn't agree more with you, bud. Thank you, buddy. I you do appreciate it. You keep breaking your own rule, buddy. You've done do it, it like Yeffy. four times I'm, today. I, what I is, know it. What's going on? I'm so passionate <laughs> about this issue. Yeah. I really am. All right. Hey, have listen. to confiscate that soapbox for an hour. <laughs> there you go. Mondays. Soapbox confiscation. <laughs> Monday at 8, Yaffe. You need to come in here and get it and haul in right? or haul me out of here. I one guess or the other. so. <laughs> All right. Hey, once a day we play the Sound Judgment Gay, and I move it around within our three hours to give different folks an opportunity who can join us at various times of the day. It is time before we say goodbye to give away free tickets to the upcoming Disney on Ice show at um, the arena downtown. Those are expensive tickets, and we've got them for our Sound Judgment winner and the hard-to-get Trump board game. 
So that's what we're playing for, two prizes. And the company says you're eligible to play and win if you have not won our sound judgment game in the last 30 days. Honor system there. So please step aside if you've won very recently. Let others have a shot at these two fantastic prizes. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Time to find a sound judgment winner, and we got a couple of great prizes, don't we, Steph? That's right. We have a new one today, a family four-pack of tickets to see Disney on ice. Dare to dream at the Amway Center happening May 11th to the 13th. For more information, go to 1025-WFLA, keyword events. And we also have our Trump policy board game. Play Trump policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump policy game of $40 value is available at trumppolicy.net. All right, and we're ready to go for those two great prizes. If you get a busy signal and you're frustrated, wait for a wrong answer that opens up a line for you to win at 407-916-5400. Today's sound judgment game puts the spotlight on a Florida congressman who would like to be our next governor. Listen to him from over the weekend talking about President Trump's North Korea initiatives. Then use your sound judgment to tell me who this is talking. Donald Trump has shaken this up. He has Kim Jong-un on the defensive. I think that's why you're seeing this. I still think we're a long way from actually getting there. But, man, we have a pathway now because this president is the first president in a generation to actually take this problem on head on and say, I'm not just going to put my head in the sand and let the problem get worse. All right. That's the voice of a Central Florida congressman backing the president. And this is a man who would like to be the next Florida governor. Who was that talking? Line one. Ron DeSantis. Oh, yeah. You are good. Congratulations, you're going to Disney on Ice on us, and you've won the new Trump board game. I hope you're as pumped as we are for you. No, absolutely. This is good stuff. Congratulations, my friend. What's your first name, and where are you this morning? John in Orlando. Okay, John, great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch, and uh, I hope you enjoy those tickets and the board game. I think it'll be a lot of fun for you to play with your family and friends, my friend. Thank you. Good to have you on board. Don't go away. You and Steph will have an off-air conversation, and we will make that happen. Those are those are um, those are really nice tickets. I'm sure we're giving giving away great seats as we always do when we have these events here. But those are up to a hundred dollars a ticket at the Amway Center for the Disney Ice Show. I am surprised that you are not taking your grandchildren to this, bud. They probably really want to go. No, for the big ticket items. Their parents, our kids, take the grandkids. Okay? That's how that works. They pick up the tab. But I think they would really like Paca to take them. Effie, stop with this, man. (laughs) I mean, come on. They listen. They listen. What are you killing me here, man? You're going to break the bank. Really? I mean, I know you and your grandkids. You spoil them rotten. Why do I engage you in conversation (laughs) at times like this? (laughs) It's funny. You know, we really should. You know, I need to... I need to get my act together here. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, 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 need, that. I need to up my game. I need to up my game. All right. I'm on <laughs> your it. Gran, your, on. your grandpa game? Yes. No, you're a great grandpa. No, not yet. I'm not a great grandpa. I'm not that old. I'm just a grandpa. Oh, <laughs> yeah, true. You're an outstanding grandpa. Yes. I'd like yes, to think I go. am on a good day, but I do need to up my game now that you publicly humiliated and <laughs> embarrassed me in front of my own kids and maybe the grandkids. The show was going so well, Yaffe. 
<laughs> until you got a hold of the last minute and a half of it. Anyway, I guess this will do it. We, um, we're going to be watching for a couple of interesting things today. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee is going to be voting on the uh, nomination by President Trump of CIA Director Mike Pompeo to be the next Secretary of State. This guy is eminently qualified. There is no disqualifying personal activity or any reason why he should not be confirmed, frankly, unanimously. He could become the first Secretary of State nominee ever rejected by the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And as I told you earlier, this is naked, bare-knuckle partisan politics by the bitter anti-Trump Democrats to try and humiliate the president and impede his policies. It is an outrage if this happens. We'll be talking about it, I'm sure, tomorrow. For Tom and for Deb, for Yaffe and for Deb, the Bud Man, thank you. God bless you and have a great day. God bless America, too.